You're listening to the Trinity Ministries podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. Several years ago, we um, had uh, this Sunday spread out between, I think, three different weeks all through September, where one Sunday was commissioning of teachers and then public school teachers and then Bible distribution for one. So we just said, let's just throw it all in together. Just do it all at once and have a big celebration. So um, it's always kind of a, a crazy, um, crazy Sunday with all the, the startups and all of the commissionings, but it kind of falls in line with what we've been talking about starting last week in our series called Crazy Fall. And uh, if you're just joining us, we're in our second week this week. Um, if you want to hear the message from last week, we have a podcast. You can go to iTunes and look up Trinity Hudson um, or uh, just on our website, trinityhudson.org, and that'll get you to the podcast. Um, but the series is called Crazy Fall. And if you remember from last week, we talked about what makes it crazy is the change of the schedules for many of us. Now, I know if you have school-age kids, going into the fall is actually kind of a relief, right? Because now you know where your kids are for six hours of the day, and you don't have to deal with them. I mean, not really, but, you know, it's nice to some extent until you get that phone call from the teacher that they forgot something or they're sick or they broke their leg. I don't know what it is, but it just gets crazy, right? The activities for the kids. You know, for many of you, um, if you think of all the activities for the students, or if you are a student, all of the things that you do, from s- think about the sports this fall, football, golf, swim, dive, tennis, cross-country, soccer, volleyball, karate. I probably missed like eight that started up this last season. For some of you, you're involved in choir and band and drama maybe, or the Hudson Bible Crew. Add church activities like small groups and Bible studies that, that kicked off these last couple of weeks. Uh, extreme Kids, the Cross Youth Ministry, um, Serving at We Do Feet, Quilters. I mean, there's just a mountain of things that you can get involved in. Oh yeah, then there's work, right? Your job, your career. They throw that in as well. You know, it's the close of the third quarter. It's coming up. And if, you know, reports are due and uh, presentations are required, and at the end of the year, the benchmarkings, you know, the benchmarks are, are just looming. It gets overwhelming. And so the key question that we're trying to answer, at least help you think through, is how to survive this crazy fall. Now, if you remember last week, we set it up with kind of the ultimate way not to just get through the fall, but just really to get through life, and that was this word, trust. Remember this word? And we had an acronym. We used the T-R-U-S-T uh, to, to talk through what some of those, those, those environments you can create in which you can trust God with all your heart, not lean on your own understanding, but trust Him in everything, even the craziness. So this week, this week we're going to do the same thing with the, uh, uh, an acronym, which we'll get to in a moment, and that's what the insert is here, and you can fill that out. Um, this is actually kind of a, a little walkthrough uh, mem- uh, memory for me. When I started a church in Arizona called uh, Summit Community Church, um, the, the way that we preached back then was every single week, fill in outlines. How many of you came from that, that kind of background? Yeah. It's very helpful, actually, and it's been kind of fun for me to put these together. So I'm kind of jumping back to an old style of teaching and, and preaching, but hopefully it'll be helpful to you. So like I said, last week we talked about the word trust. Today we're going to talk about something that I believe is so elusive 
in our society. Um, in fact, I believe it, it's something that people who are successful, people who are peaceful, people who are healthy, I believe that this thing we're going to talk about, uh, they make it a primary practice in their life. And if you can master this principle, you can adapt to changing situations in any situation in life with less stress. And the word last week was, was trust. The word this week is focus. Focus. How many of you are focused right now? No hands go up. Thanks. <laughs> Great. Um, so what is focus? Well, let me talk about what focus isn't because that actually really helps as we take a look at what focus is. Um, what focus isn't is being scattered, being distracted. It's something that, something that takes your attention away is not being focused. Okay? I mean, think back to the Garden of Eden, actually. Satan's main job was to help Adam and Eve in his idea, to see that they can be like God. In essence, he was distracting them from the truth that God was a creator and loving father created Adam and Eve. And the created does not become the creator, but yet Satan was trying to distract from the truth of um, what, what was real and what God had commanded. And Satan still does that to you and me today. That's why he's called the deceiver, the distractor from the truth. So on the flip side, the positive side, experts define focus as the act of concentrating your interests or activity on something. I'm focused on something. I mean, that's, kind of a, <laughs> that's kind of a boring definition, um, but there's a more in, uh, important insight that you need to know about what focus is. In order to concentrate on one thing, By default, what has to happen? You have to put away something else, right? In order to focus on this, there are other things that you have to ignore just by default. And honestly, some of us are better than that than others. You may be married to somebody who's good at at being focused. You may be married to somebody who doesn't have that spiritual gift of being focused. And it even gets worse when it comes to stressful situations. I'm going to invite my wife, Kelly, up because I, I'm embarrassed to tell this story. Um, so I'm going to have her tell it. Uh, of, of a time recently, we're, we're kind of processing what's, when in our life have, has this idea of focus not been so great. So go for it. This is my beautiful wife, Kelly, mm, This is dangerous to give me the microphone. <laughs> And he said right before uh, he came up to preach, hey, will you tell that story? (laughs) So um, some of you may know that a few months ago, Todd lost his brother, his younger brother, had passed away. And some of you may know that um, we needed to get to Phoenix to go to the funeral. And so lo and behold, I'm a flight attendant as well. So we get to fly for free, which is wonderful. It's fabulous. So getting Nathan and Maddie and Todd and I all uh, at the same time to be able to fly to Phoenix, to be able to be there for the weekend for the funeral because Todd had to do things for the funeral. So it's kind of stressful, uh, but I pretty much had it all under control because I knew the flight loads and everything, and everything looked good. I had done all my flying so that we could get off for the weekend, and I sent everyone in my family 
the itinerary and just said, just remember, there's one flight to Phoenix that day. Because in the summertime, we only have one flight. And I said, we're leaving at, you know, 10 in the morning, and then we return on Sunday at 10 in the morning. I know these flights. So we get to the airport. We're all ready. We're even going to fly first class because it's open, and we could fly for free. So we get to the ticket counter, and we're a smaller airline with Sun Country Airlines. Little plug. And... Um, <laughs> Everybody pretty knows everybody at the ticket counter and everything. And, and so my family comes up to the counter, and they plug in our information. And then the girl looks at me, and she looks down, and she looks at me, and then she calls over a, a gate agent that I know very well. And he says, Kelly, where are you going today? And I said, oh, we're going to Phoenix. Four of us are going to Phoenix. Is there any problem? Is it full? What? And he looks at me, and he says, Kelly, it's 8.15 right now. The flight left at 8. And, I mean, I'm a flight attendant. I should know these things. And I couldn't believe it. Turned around. Todd just walks away. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't even say anything. The look on his face was just, he was white. He walked away. Nathan, my son, is the firstborn son who fills in the gaps when things go wrong. And he's kind of looking and he says, it's okay, Mom. It's okay. We'll figure this out. Maddie just kind of walked. So we all walk away, figuring out, okay, that was the only flight to get us there. The funerals the next morning, we wouldn't get there in time the next day. So we all regroup, and we're in Terminal 2 at, at the airport, and, and um, I immediately pull out my iPad. Todd has his iPad. He has his phone out, neither of which are working, to which he takes his iPad and throws it on the ground. You didn't have to share that part. <laughs> It was not your best moment. I know. It's not your best moment. I shut down. But um, I said, it's okay. Let's just stay focused. You know, we'll get this taken care of. I immediately go on my iPad. Todd's just having, you know, he's just, he's just pacing. You know, he's throwing everything on the ground. And um, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have and a talk after this. Nathan, <laughs> Nathan is on his phone. Nathan's a rock star. He has... Um, a, a tour manager that manages everything. So he doesn't know how to look up flights. He knows how to check himself in. He's pretending to look up flights while I'm madly, you know, trying to find something on Delta or American, another airline, um, that we could get on. My youngest is, she takes a seat, just crosses her legs, pulls out her phone, and she's on Snapchat. She's like, <laughs> Mom, you've got this taken care of. No problem at all. So I'm frantically looking for flights Fortunately, the first one we get taught on, and then the three of us get on a flight that day. But when you fly for free, it's really hard to pay for a flight. Really hard. So fortunately, we, we all, you know, by the end of it, I said, it could be worse. That was our motto that day. It could be worse. could be worse. But we all got on the plane. Um, I kept it together. Because of? Because I was focused. Yes. Yeah, there's our story. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to show her off, actually. Just, uh, but it was. In that moment, you know, we all have different roles when stress happens. What's your role? What do you do when things fall apart? Um, I fell apart <laughs> on that, a little stressed, um, but Kelly clicked into focus mode. And focus is one of those things. We'll talk a, bit, a little bit more about this next week when we talk about balance. You can be focused in the moment 
of stress, but you can also be focused before the moment of stress happens. It's called pre-planning. Here's my plan. Here's, what's, here's how it's going to work out. I understand things are going to change, but you can be focused. You can't be balanced in the middle of a stressful situation. You have to pre-plan balance. So that's next week. So come back next week. Um, Anyway, that whole idea of focus and Kelly being able to focus, put everything else aside, and get us to where we needed to go goes along with Tim Ferriss's quote that I like a lot. What you don't do determines what you can do. Not good? What you don't do determines what you can do. Kelly mentioned our son's band. Um, they had so many opportunities to, be all, to do all these different things. They passed on some record deals and all that, which was worth a lot of money. And I'm like, are you sure you'll pass... But they knew exactly what they wanted to do. So they had to say no to things that didn't fit with their plan and mission. Okay, so how do we learn from Jesus in all this in terms of focus? Because Jesus, ultimately, anything we need to know about life or model through life or understand in life really comes from what, who Jesus is and what he did. So today we're going to be taking a look at uh, Hebrews 12. It is on the, uh, the sheet that I passed out. I'll have the verses up here. And we're going to talk about some focus lessons that you can take with you today um, that could help you in the middle of a crazy time, in the middle of this crazy fall, and hopefully give you, the, the Spirit can use these to give you some peace. So uh, starting with Hebrews uh, 12, verses 1 to 2, Um, You're familiar with this. It says this, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin. You see the focus? Throw off, put aside those things that hinder, put aside the sin that entangles and sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, I don't I have, yeah, that's right, pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. So let me time out here for a second. Jesus knew what his focus was. He didn't, he didn't go into life. He didn't go into ministry. He didn't go into what he was doing randomly or just, oh, I think this sounds good. I think I'll just go here. He knew exactly what he needed to do. He was so focused on what he was about, and he knew that the master plan of the universe is this, is that sin separated the universe from God. All of the universe, including you and me, are separated or were separated from God because of sin. And Jesus knew that he was to remove the obstacle between God and man. And that obstacle is the guilt of that sin. He was the ransom uh, for that sin. In, in fact, Matthew twenty twenty eight, Jesus says, the Son of Man, meaning himself, didn't come to serve, or didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That's his, that was his joy, right? Knowing that he came to give his life for you and for me. That was his focus through his whole ministry. So, We continue with the Hebrews. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Okay, so let's just kind of walk through some focus lessons that we get from um, this teaching in Hebrews to help us during this crazy fall. And yes, it is using the words and the word focus. There's a class that we take called Acrostic 
um, preaching. I'm kidding. But that's what preachers do, right? So that's what we're going to do. So the first one, um, the first focus lesson that we get from this text is this. Fear not, I am not alone, right? Hebrews 12 says, because of this great cloud of witnesses, because of all these people, because Hebrews 11 is talking about all these different people, by faith Noah did this, by faith this, 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 all these different things that people did. So you are not alone in your craziness. You're not the only crazy one here or listening on the podcast. You are not crazy, you're not, or you are, you're not alone in the crazy. There are other people that have clouds of witnesses that have testified about God's love and how much God can pull people through things. So the F is fear not. You're not alone in what you're dealing with right now. Whether it's a health issue, relational issue, work issue, just go down the list. You're not alone in the crazy. The O is this. Only a few things. I can remove distractions. Only a few things. Warren Buffett, um, his pilot, uh, actually asked him, Mr. Buffett, how, you know, I'm kind of struggling in life. I don't have any focus or direction in my life. And Warren Buffett says, write down 25 of your goals. So he went and did that. Then Warren Buffett says, now pick out the top five. He said, well, and then he picked out the top five. Then... uh, Warren Buffett said, um, don't do anything else other than those top five. And he says, but I like all these other 20. These are fun things that I like to do. They're my close second. And Warren Buffett told his pilot, nope, just do those top five. It's a good lesson, I think. When was the last time you sat down and said, what am I really about? When was the last time that you asked God to show you kind of a personal mission statement? And if you're in the, the sales or personal development world, you know, we talk about this stuff all the time, personal mission statements. You want to know what mine is? Mine's to honor God by adding value and leadership to people around you, or, or, or to people around me, through creative resourcing, through preaching, through teaching, through prayer. I mean, just a kind of a list of things. So mine, who I am at my core is to try and add value and leadership to people around me. So when I'm in my office and I'm writing reports and things like that, you know, because that's not who I am. That's not who I'm, I'm geared to be. Um, so only do a few things. And if you say, well, I'm a multitasker, it's actually no such thing. If you read the science, multitasking is a myth. It takes 64 seconds for you to get back to your focused thought after reading two lines of an email. Some of you are thinking, there's my problem. Turn the email off. Okay. Um, so fear not. Only, just think of only a few things or focus on a few things. Uh, continue on, right? I don't quit, but I persevere. Right? That's what the verse said, right? Um, let us throw off everything that hinders. Let us run with perseverance the, mar- the race marked out for us. So you persevere. You keep going. The you is unique to me. What is it that's unique to me? It's my race. It's your race. It's not anybody else's race. Just because your neighbor's kids are involved in music, dance, sports, everything on a Saturday morning doesn't mean you have to. Doesn't mean your kid has to. Just because your neighbor has these nice cars or you see it on TV or you think 
this, that, the other, doesn't mean that's for you. What is your race that you feel God calling you to run? Unique to me. And then the last one is probably the most important. See him. Just see him. I can focus on Jesus. That's why I love giving out the Bibles because kids, man, they're like, did you see these little kindergartens? They're like, this is the coolest. They're like showing their friends. And when's the last time you were in the word like that? To see Jesus, to know him. And then the promise is this, and this is verse 3 of, our, of the Hebrews 12 verse is this. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that, and here's the promise, you will not grow weary and lose heart. You may be at a time where you're like, I am so tired of fighting this battle. I am so tired of going through the same things, saying the same things, doing the same things, and there's no breakthrough. There's no, I don't sense God leading me. I don't sense God's calling. I don't feel anything. Continue on. Keep him in focus, and you won't get t- you won't grow weary. You'll be tired here and there, but you won't grow into weariness, which is a longer-term thing, and you're not going to lose heart. Um, so in the last little bit, I kind of went really fast through those, but in the last little bit, on the very bottom of the sheet, there's a, a thing that says this, the area of my life that has fallen out of focus is, and guess what I want you to do? Think about your life. What is the area of focus or what is the area of your life that you feel has just fallen out of focus? It could be your church attendance. You know that's important. You, you loved it when you were connected in small groups or Bible studies, whatever it is. What area has fallen out of focus? Maybe it's your health. Maybe even this summer you've, normally we put on weight, you know, my wife calls it winter butt. You know, you add a couple pounds here and there over the, over the winter. Maybe this summer you've done the same. Maybe you're just not feeling healthy and you know that you can take control of that. Or maybe, and this is most important, maybe the thing that's fallen out of focus is your walk with Jesus. It's just being quiet in the early morning or late at night to learn from him, to hear from him in prayer to seek him in all you do. Because remember, seek first his kingdom and everything else falls into place after that according to his purpose. God's given us the ability to focus. And I pray that for us as a church, I pray that for you individually as we get through this crazy fall. Let's stand to pray. Father, thank you so much for the, uh, the gift of your word and specifically the book of Hebrews. As we, just those couple of verses are so rich. Each one of those uh, areas, God, we could spend a, a, a mountain load on. Um, Father, I would ask that your Holy Spirit would take what was just said for those listening on the podcast too. And just one thing, God, one thing. I ask your Holy Spirit to to bring up to us that needs changing, that needs to be refocused so that it can be honoring to you and um, satisfying also for us as as a secondary deal. 
Father, what is that area? Give us strength. Give people around us to, to work toward that focusing. And uh, most of all, God, thank you that your son was focused on the mission of seeking and saving those who are lost, and that included us. Father, we love you and we bless you. It's in Jesus' name. And all of us said together, amen.